right, everybody, welcome to The Wild Bunch, episode one, with your hosts... Joe Hernandez. And Gregory Valdez. You know, I'd like to thank, first of all, anybody who's listening right now for our first ever podcast that we're producing here at Greg's apartment. Yes, it's a place of magic. We've talked about doing this for quite a while, so it's kind of nice to finally see this come into fruition. And, of course, in all seriousness, thank you to everyone who's been encouraging to not only myself, but to us in our own lives, respectively, for really giving us ideas and being characters. I don't think without those characters, we could have any stories to share. That being said, let's get started. So today's theme is identity and branding. So I kind of came up with this idea the other day. I had a beard for about a year. It was a good beard. It was a good beard. It was a solid beard. But I, I woke up this one day and I had this inner feeling that, you know, hard reset button. Let's get rid of the beard. Shaved it all completely. Baby face. 100%. It felt good. I quite enjoyed it, honestly. And so this guy shows up to my, with a surprise, shows up to a speaking engagement that I had and is sitting in the front row. And I didn't know he was going to be there. I look down. I see him all baby-faced, and it just <laughs> nearly throws me off track altogether. I can't wait to see that video because I want to be able to see the moment where I can tell at least that, holy shit, what the <laughs> fuck, this guy, with the, oh my god, he shaved it off. Yeah, part of that was my intention to kind of throw you off because I knew you would be thrown off seeing just, oh, huh? what, <laughs> what did he do? Mission accomplished. So that's what got me thinking about identity. You know, going into work the day after I shaved my beard, you get so many different reactions when you make an appearance change like this. Some were good. Wow, you shaved, you look so good. I like the way your face looks like that. Other ones, not so good. Oh, you look weird without your beard. And then the other ones that kind of honestly bugged me the most were, why'd you shave? I got that, honestly, the most. That was the most uh, feedback that I got was, why'd you shave? Was it asked, like, why did you shave? No, simple, simple, just, why'd you shave? Really, that irked you? That, yes, because it was like, well, what do you mean, why did I shave? Because I wanted to, you know, obviously. I feel a lot of the No one told me to. It comes from tone. Right. That's why I asked uh, that. No, I, there wasn't any tone. I mean, if it would have been like a, why'd you shave? Then I'd probably have been like, what do you mean, why'd I shave? I probably would have uh, irked him back a bit just out of defensiveness. But it got me thinking, you know, people have this depiction of others in their mind. And whenever someone makes an alteration, an extreme alteration to themselves, it really riles up their psyche for some reason. Yes, and that's why we're talking about this topic today. It's self-identity and branding. You think of branding and you think of Pepsi, you think of Uber's new logo, you think of Google slightly shaping the, sh- uh, the letters in their, well, their, their logo when you first get onto their search page. You notice these small things, change, branding, the self can be branded. We are constantly branding ourselves. We are constantly really putting a stake on what our identity is based on other people's perception of us. And thus we end up with a brand of ourselves. Well, what bugged me though was kind of, uh, you think about this outward 
physical branding and you know after all these reactions they I'm not I'm not a beard I'm not just someone who has a beard you know you know what beard <laughs> means yes uh, I do but I'm not using it in that context I promise he's not a beard <laughs> but no you know my branding myself doesn't stem from what clothes I'm wearing whether or not I have facial hair Greg, for instance, lost 80 pounds within the past year. It looks like a totally different person. We're gonna talk about rebranding. Like, this guy does not look the same. You've dealt with some of reactions, you know, based off of that. What was that like? Oh, people will straight up ask me if I'm sick. Yeah, <laughs> you did get that. I think my mom asked me if you're like, is Greg, is Greg okay? Is he sick? What's going on? I think that there was a long time people in my personal life didn't see me. And so there was a good three months where even my parents, closer to five months, my parents did not see me. And in that five months, I must have lost a good majority of that weight, maybe half of it. And so, of course, being Mexican, there was a lot of concern of, of if I'm eating well. <laughs> and I thought I was. I thought having a diet that consisted of ice cream a pint a day, you know, with a topping of depression was a good consistent diet. You will lose weight on that, believe it or not. <laughs> I do not recommend that as a dietary choice. <laughs> but it's true. A lot of people were outwardly concerned at first about health. And then even in the explanations, the careful thought out, no, this is what I've been doing. Yes, I have been eating differently, but in all seriousness, more healthy, and I'm working out in this way. A lot of people actually don't want to buy that. They don't want to believe in it. But regardless of what happens to cause you to change in appearance, there's the idea of people not really liking this adjustment to change. So tell me this, Greg. What or would you or have you associated your weight with your own personal identity yes and no okay that's an easy answer but to get more in depth i think and this is something we've talked about before there's still this uh this certain body dysmorphia that is i that i think i still have you asked me the other day do you still feel fat what did I say? I don't remember what you said. I, I want to <laughs> say you said yes. I did. Some days yes, some days no. I would assume that was the answer. It was It was yes, but that is the thought behind uh -huh. it. Some days yes, some days no. In which, because even I myself was, was so used to seeing me in the mirror a certain way for so long, that sometimes my brain and my mind hasn't fully adjusted. It forgets that I've undergone this change. Again, it's just an outward appearance. So that's the yes of it. The no of it has to do with, I'm still me, right? Right. Like you are still you without the beard. Absolutely. And so that's not something that we can gauge when looking at ourselves in the mirror. That's very internal and it's very reflective. It's very personal and interpersonal in that way. Who can tell me that I have changed my identity on the inside? 
So this makes me start thinking like, so how much of this, you know, I, I started thinking about this whole identity thing based off of outward responses, other people's responses to this change. So how much do you think of your weight loss or your idea of I'm fat, I'm not fat, I'm skinny, whatever, how much of that do you think comes from what other people may or may not think of your look? It depends on the platform, the stage on which you can actually show people what you look like and right. how that's mixing into how you're sharing your personality. So let's take social media. Self-identity in social media is very, very based on others' perceptions of you in the way that if on social media, I go ahead and share a lifestyle in pictures and video in stories that is showing me here and there at the latest boutique at this event having a good time with my buddies at acl what do you think people are gonna think oh this guy has the best life ever look at all this cool stuff he's doing and saying man i i wish i could be like that whether or not people are thinking that that's my point here and that's a lot of things that you see when you look on instagram you know everyone's gonna put this very nice lavish or as much lavish as i can lifestyle to promote followers you know one thing and i kind of biting my tongue for it now greg was gonna put a post on either i don't know his instagram snapchat earlier he was upset because we went to two different gas stations first gas station he couldn't get his coffee because the internet was down so he couldn't use his apple pay right yeah no affiliation with apple pay by the way i didn't have my wallet it so really doesn't work anywhere so <laughs> definitely no affiliation with apple pay Anyways, second gas station we go to, not only did they not have coffee, but they didn't even have water at this gas station. I was so upset. He was very upset. He starts making the, the post. It went along something like, hey, I usually don't put my frustrations on social media, but this gas station didn't have water, blah, 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 this and that. I told him. I, didn't, I didn't say this gas uh-huh. station because... If you know me, you know I'm a gas station kind of guy. He loves his gas station. I love a gas station. I love the goods in the gas stations. That's pretty regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Irregardless isn't a word. Regardless, I was possibly going against brand. I wasn't on brand. Uh Uh-huh. This this is where you get the... So, yeah, so he's putting this thing, and I told him, I was like... Ah, oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't post that. Me, I'm on social media and I see someone post something like that. I really get inclined to unfollow. And my response was, well, I see someone complaining or venting their frustrations out on this platform. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that. I don't need this. You know what I mean, get out of here kind of thing. Which in a way is true. You know, I don't believe that social media is the best way to vent your frustrations. But at the same time, I do feel a little bit bad because... In the time, he really did feel genuine feelings of frustration. So who am I or who is anyone to say that we cannot vocalize those frustrations as long as we're not being an asshole about it or being very rambunctious in those frustrations? I thank you for that because for me, somebody asked me why I don't change my email address to advertising dude or like my business um, name like gentle renegades something like that that goes along with a url based on my business and i told them well i try to be one and the same across anything i'm present on so 
if you go to my social media page, it's Gregory Valdez. It might have a different handle from my actual name in some way, but when you get me, you get me the same across all streams of media. That's really true. And so for me, that's important because it means I have to be vulnerable. It means I have to be a certain way in which I am sharing myself honestly without giving too much of a shit about what other people think. Now, I, I do, I, I did agree with you in that moment when you stopped me and I do agree with you still because there is a certain negativity and toxicity with that sort of thinking. You can spread some neg negativity out into the world that may not do anyone any good or maybe even do more harm than good. And this is, this, let's get back to self-identity then. Okay. Because that is very brand related in the way a brand is the way somebody perceives your identity. But what is self-identity? The whole point, the whole, you know, what you want to focus on there is the self. So self-identity really should be this, how do I identify myself? Right. And that's kind of what it comes down to because it's not anyone else deciding what our identity is. It's not our possessions deciding what our identity is. At the end of the day, it's really completely 100% up to us who we want to be and who we want to project ourselves out to be. There's an episode of Black Mirror, once it moved over to Netflix, in which it's this whole world that bases so much of its currency on social media and the way people like you, there's a rating applied. Oh, you told me about this. As soon yeah. as you interact uh -huh. with somebody, you can rate them. Uh-huh. And depending on your rating, you're not allowed to live in this part of town. Oh, God. And these, right? <laughs> it's so many restrictions based on a rating. I would be, like, in the slums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, if we're talking about branding, you can very easily compare that to something like Google Reviews. Yeah. In which, ah, oh, I don't want to go here. It's got one star. But then possibly you actually go and find out, oh, wait. really good. Uh, yeah, that was worth the experience. Oh, that, uh, dude, I'm a, I'm a Yelp follower for sure. Like, if you don't, if you don't have a good review on Yelp restaurant, I'm probably not going to go and try it on a whim. Okay. And so, where does self-identity come into that? Where does self-identity come into that? Well, I think it's separate because we're talking about reviews on these places and those reviews are coming from outside things. People are going to review us whether we like it or not. They might think that we're the best person in the world, we may or may not be. They might think that we're the worst person in the world, we may or may not be. But going back to it all comes from us, well, fuck, we should not care what identity anyone places on us because as soon as we let it come into us, that's when we become sick and alter our identities in a way that's not true to ourselves. The problem here or issue is that it's constantly interwoven with each other. The way others perceive ourselves, the way we perceive ourselves. And that fine line can be dangerous if you don't really know where it is because there can be too much of, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. Uh -huh. Or yes. there can be too much, oh, what does the world care about me? Right. You know what I've been trying to do in those situations recently? 
So if I come across a situation like that, maybe either I do really good at something or I have an awkward moment with a person, uh, I think to myself after, okay, here's an example. You don't Ele- bury yourself elevator. in a box. <laughs> elevator, no, 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 I don't, at least not anymore. Uh, I was I was heading up to, work at the hospital, and was heading up to the floor that I work on, and uh, get in the elevator, it's like early, early, like six in the morning, get in the elevator, it's this cute respiratory therapist, you know, never seen her there before, blah, blah, we go up, we're going to the same floor. Start having a chat, but I was just, you know, barely waking up, and it didn't feel smooth it didn't feel like a good conversation but it was a really really cute girl in a situation where you would want it to go smooth right at the end say bye nice meeting you blah 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 and i think oh man that's kind of that was rough you know that, that was rough that was a rough one you know coming out of that Some it didn't, conversation didn't feel tomorrow, right yeah. that was rough that didn't go too well i could have done this i could have done that and then i stopped myself i thought is it really important to me how that conversation went in the grander scheme of things like what is that going to affect today what is that going to affect now i could let it affect me i could be like ah shit i should have said this i should have done this i should have blah 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 i really just kind of looking at it not judging it as good or bad and just taking a step back and saying is that really really important well the conclusion was no and i kind of just let it go and went on with my day which ended up being a really really good day okay i'm gonna take a a layer down into identifying some descriptors of how that could have been perceived okay and one of them might be that you were not as smooth as you could have been no or not even a little and so the the scripture there the scripter uh-huh. could be dorky or dorky is probably good i wasn't creepy i always try to avoid <laughs> there creepy. you go good definitely wasn't creepy because that can happen <laughs> yes another fine line dorky and creepy you can and you don't want to be both that's for sure you know a little sidebar i learned i heard this quote i can't it might have been off a podcast or a youtube thing but it was saying that creepy is when uh the person cannot tell what you're feeling off of them you know they become creepy when they don't understand that they're making you uncomfortable Ooh, that's what i mean i like yeah yeah goodness but someone that realizes oh i'm sorry you know i, I didn't mean to freak you out or not nah, blah 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 that's not creepy you know they just maybe it's a mistake went a too far exactly okay good so dorky now self-identity do you self-identify as dorky no but i can be dorky sometimes ah then these descriptors are not constant no now imagine though if I did identify myself as dorky. I identify myself as a dork. Do you feel that you're dorky all the time? No. No. Okay. And so I don't. Even that's kind of loose. And I, I find it funny that you mention that because I often don't like for people to see my serious side. Uh huh. In that way, it's just one of those things. So you'd rather them not see your dorky side than your serious side. I'd rather them not see. I'd rather them not see my serious side as much as they see my dorky side. Then it almost seems like you're saying that you're more comfortable with your identity being more self-identified as a dork than a very serious por- person. Yes, because that serious side can lean into scumbaggery. Ah. And so that's a conscious choice. Okay. In the moment, from time uh-huh. to time, in which I choose to be. Basing my attitude on one perception of myself versus another. Uh-huh. Self-identity. 
and with a little bit of branding sprinkled in. Because, all right, this is what I wanted to get to. These descriptors are not constant. There's two quotes I was thinking about before we started recording today. One was something I've said before, and if you haven't heard me say it, I've had this idea for a very long time, even since I was in high school. I am who I am because of who I was, which means I am who I am today because of who I was yesterday, because of the experiences that have accumulated up to this moment, making me in this one moment who I am. All right. Now, the self is constantly fluctuating. It is fluid. Yes. And that is extremely important to know when we're talking about self-identity. A part of finding a concrete identity for yourself is understanding that there is so little that is concrete about it. Right. The second quote is Van Gogh, because he's a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> I wish they would only accept me as I am. And I actually, I didn't tell you this, but uh -huh. if I ever get a word, like words in tattoo, I'd want to get that you done in get French. That? Interesting. Yeah. He I, likes his French people. We've been talking about this all weekend. Yeah. But I don't mind it. That's another podcast. <laughs> and so the basis of that in this conversation anchors to self is constantly fluctuating but there has to be some concreteness, uh -huh. especially if you have your own identity down. Right. Second is, well, there's only so much I can care about what people accept in me. Uh-huh. And I can't let, to a certain point, the outside world affect who I am. No. At all. Not one bit. But then it comes down to, well, I can affect who I am just by my own decided perceptions off of things. Now, say the other day in the elevator, I would have thought, ah, stupid, ah, what an idiot, ah, you know what I mean? Dork, unsmooth, like, what was that? And I just beat myself up about it all day. That sucks, I just became this neurotic, depressed mess who lacks confidence and is just overwhelmed with that situation. Yes, thank you for bringing that up because that's where I, was hoping we could drive this conversation in. This is about helping others figure out what their self-identity is because we are so often affected by the outside world to the point that we second guess ourselves. All the time. And we let it corrupt our sense of self. Corrupt isn't a negative here in that it's making us bad or good. Corrupt in that it is an outside influence that is changing us in a way that is not under our control that's gonna happen no matter what yeah but there are some things we can control like in this situation the mindset you have about an interaction you have with another human being you can take it and beat yourself up you can do something on mistake on accident and it could be perceived as bad and you can turn that around and internally say I'm an idiot I'm a fuck up what have I done yep but what is that really doing for yourself? Is it making yourself better? No, not at all. I used to have that mentality a lot. I would say months back, uh, pretty recent, fairly recent at least. And no, it makes you sad, sick, literal, literal depression, sleepy, tired. You don't mm. even want to go out into the world when you think those kind of thoughts. 
Hey everyone, I don't know if you expected this, but this really is about mental health. Oh, I, don't, I didn't think I expected that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think that so much of our mental health is based on these sorts of things. It's in which, true. Oh my God, if we have those ideas, we have those uh, thoughts, and they lead to depression, then how much more of our lives are affected by it? Dude, you know what I heard the other day? I don't even know if this is true or how factual it is, but thinking about it, the number probably seems right enough to justify. It was this thing, and it was talking about, uh, we have the same thoughts every day. We have 90% of our thoughts, our thoughts repeated from the day before, day before, yada, yada, I keep going, you know what I mean? 90%. Only 10% are new fluid thoughts. So if we are constantly in that state of, I'm fucking up, my life is miserable, I'm terrible, I suck at this, I don't have this, I want this, but I can't have it. You're doing that every day. Oh, you're just asking to feel bad about yourself. Mm. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we gotta, we we did promise our sponsors. Oh, so uh, yes, yeah, you're so, right, okay, uh, okay. That's great though. So when we get back from this commercial break, we'll go ahead and talk more about that subject because Tying this all together, how can you focus on yourself and creating your self-identity in the most positive way to make you the best you? And if you give a shit about branding yourself, how can you make your brand true to your self-identity? And how can you do it in a way that you're content with your life? Not happy, content. Yeah, ooh, I'm gonna say that, oh, oh my God. Happy, think about that people, what is happiness? And what is contentness? I don't know if that's a word. Yes, it will, but they get me, right? All right, and here's a word from our sponsors. Hi, have you ever been in a crunch? You ever been at a meeting or somewhere where you couldn't get to your probiotics as quickly as you wanted to? <laughs> well, here at Kenny's Kombucha Warehouse, we've got just what you need. Don't take it from me though, take it from one of our customers. You know, I I always drink a beer every day, every time I come home from work. And finally one day I decided, you know, I'm gonna give up alcohol for the rest of my life. That's why I found Kenny's Kombucha. I started drinking Kenny's Kombucha five years ago. And I will say this, I've never felt better. I drink about 40 bottles of Kenny, Kenny's Kombucha a day. And since then, I've been alcoholic free the entire time. Kenny's Kombucha, we're not telling you that it's 0.4% alcohol. Wow, man, Kenny's Kombucha. Thank you to Kenny and the team over at the warehouse. I really like kombucha. Kenny's Kenny's kombucha is pretty good. I don't I don't drink kombucha, but I do love me some probiotics. Yes. Speaking of which, <laughs> oh, we just need to recover from that for a second. Whew. Just going on an adventure, but I guess yeah, you could cut you could snip in anything or anything though. Mm -hmm. Nice. Welcome back, everybody. I think before we uh, left here that uh, we were talking about 
90% of our thoughts are carried over day on to day. We kind of don't vary too much in thought so much, you know, relatively speaking. And the difference between being happy and being content and how to achieve these things. I mean, striking off of that, Greg, I don't know if you agree with me, but I, I don't believe that happiness is a state of being more so just a temporary emotion that we can feel sometimes and it's not the thing that we should be chasing after happiness is something achieved when you are working on the things you need to be working on focus on especially when it comes to self-identity happiness is something that just happens when you find yourself in the groove of building your identity for yourself contentment is not to be confused with complacency Contentment is that what you think is the feeling of happiness. You know, what about those times that when you're working on yourself, doing everything, 100%, you're grinding hard, but you're not happy because you can be frustrated, maybe things aren't turning out that way, but I do believe that you can still be content in the sense that, hey, you know, today wasn't my day, this week isn't my week, but I'm doing what I need to do, and the fruit should flourish eventually. Yeah. That was a tongue twister. <laughs> so, really, when you're focusing on your self-identity, it's about noting what moments you can be affected, that's with an A, affected with an A, in a negative way that changes you out of your control. What does it for you? I think other people's opinions. Okay. The on news on, on yourself. Politics. On... Well, let's say you have a good friend who voted for a certain person in office. Sure. And you know wholeheartedly that that was not a good idea. Okay. Or you believe wholeheartedly that that was not a good idea. Let's not get political, Joe. <laughs> and in a way, that can affect you by making you feel as if at first it starts with this idea that there's something wrong with the other person and then it could possibly and maybe not in this case lead to the idea that there's something wrong with the self because if I care about this person if they're a friend if they're a family member but they don't agree with me then maybe there's something off with my way of thinking okay and so Maybe that was a bad example. Well, it almost sounds maybe like you're trying to say that uh, sometimes your opinion on the actions of others makes you second-guess yourself. There we go. And of course, I would invite everybody to put their input in after this episode and really reflect on what that means for yourself, what that means with people you've encountered, and throw it back at us. Yeah, but it's interesting, though, because I feel that my discontentment with my identity comes from most often my own actions, how people are going to perceive them, and then I second guess myself. On that front, I have to say that a lot of my discontentment comes from my past actions. Okay. Not necessarily recent actions, but things I've done in the past where even though it's been a year, six months, I stop and I have that moment that we all have during the day where it's like, oh, fuck, I did that. Are you still that person? No. 
how much of yourself do you feel is, is how much of that person do you feel is still associated with yourself? Associated with myself 100% because I was that person. Mm. By associated, I mean a part of you. You could say, okay, you could say I'm not that person anymore at all. Or you could say, sometimes I am still that person. Or you can say, sometimes a little bit of that person still lives in me. We'll start with a little bit of that person still lives in me. Okay. Because you can't always control your thoughts. Right. You can't always control the internal reactions you have to outside circumstances. But you can control your actions from those thoughts. And I think that's what forms an identity. Mm -hmm. Actions speak louder than words. What are you doing with those thoughts, those ideas? You might look at something and say, that's not aesthetically pleasing. That's an ugly fruit, for example. That's an Uh ugly tomato. I don't want to eat that tomato. You could say, I don't think that person is a good person. What do you do with that sort of thought is what accounts for who you are. I like to say that we're always judging. People say, oh, don't judge me. But the truth is we are always in a state of judgment when it comes to anything external from us. I think it has to do with our intent. The intent of our judgment. I could judge someone, right? And I could judge them from a perspective of, I just want to lay into this person. Oh, that person dresses like a slob. Oh, that dude's a douchebag. Whatever. Or you can judge someone, which I think is a healthy form of judgment, more so discernment. You're going to judge someone and say, is this someone that I truly want to interact with? Is this someone who I want in my life? Do I want this person to be my friend? Just an acquaintance? Do I want them to be close to me? Do I want to share my personal life details with them? In that case, I think that judgment's okay, but if you're just judging people just to find something that's wrong with them, then I think that you really need to be looking at yourself. Taking that a step further, it's discerning those opinions we have on others or of others, and then what does that mean to me? How does that, how is that affecting who I want to be, the kind of person I want to be without anybody else there in the room with me. Because really, that's what it comes down to. My dad used to say, uh, my dad always told me that character is who you are when nobody's watching. I say that. Yeah, it's pretty true. It is. And it's in that way that a lot of those negative thoughts we have about ourselves can creep in. Yeah, what really struck me though is your your self-identification of the hurting of your identity because of past instances. I think that's really a problem that a lot of us have. We think about these past instances where we messed up, we hurt someone, we got hurt by someone, this happened, that happened, and I think a big problem that people have, or a big struggle that people have is letting those past selves go. You know, you said earlier, we're constantly changing, we're not the same people. That person's dead. You know, that person's long gone. Whoever did what, that person is absolutely gone. Yeah, you have learned from that person. You have developed from that person. But we're not those people anymore. Unless you're actively choosing to be. I think a lot of people can choose to still remain in that state. Oh, yeah. And so, 
How do you break through? Where does it start? I think it starts with acknowledging, you know? I don't want to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm not that way. That's strong. I like yeah, that. I'm not that way. I'm not that person. Even if you still feel that it's a part of you, a piece of you, if it's something you truly do not want to be, then yes, I will assure you, you are not that person. Even if it's still inside of you, if you consciously, actively think and believe that you don't want to be that person, well, guess what? You are not that person. You're not. You just simply are. The next step is, well, who do I want to be? Uh, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Mm. Not who am I. Who do I want to be? Because remember, we said earlier, your identity is up to you. It's not up to anyone else. Not up to your parents, not up to your car, it's not up to your job, your boss. It's completely up to you. I like that. That's a really good course of action in which we can actively change certain things about ourselves for the better and for ourselves only for ourselves there's so much we can't control so what we can control then is how we react to our own internal opinions right what actions we take after that what sort of thinking we have about ourselves and trying to actively exert a positive force on negative thoughts those voices that say I fucked up, I made a mistake dwelling on that past and those past selves and then what's that fourth step? fourth step? alright who do I want to be? well fourth step after you realize who you want to be well you need to think about okay well what does that person that I want to be do? you know what I mean? I want to be someone that, you know, wakes up at five in the morning every day and runs two miles. I want to be that person that shows up to work on time and really just gives it his 100%. I want to be that person that sets aside two hours of his day to play with his or her kids. I want to be that person. The next thing is finding out what does this person do? What habits does this person have? And just do those habits, build those habits in you. So it takes a certain amount of stepping outside of the self also. Right. And almost like Dr. Strange astral projecting. Uh-huh. Looking at ourselves from the outside and examining. Yeah. And it can be as simple as, you know, your thought process. You don't have to go and start running two miles every morning unless you really, really want to. But as we all know, I've tried and failed doing that. I know I've tried running in the mornings like that. It doesn't, didn't work for me. Maybe start with your thoughts. Like I said, 90% of our thoughts are the same every single day. Well, if I think to myself constantly, I'm a fuck-up, I don't want to be a fuck-up, well, why not think to myself, you know what, I'm not a fuck-up. I'm a smart guy. I'm a funny guy. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Highlight the best parts of yourself that you know and acknowledge that are already there and go from there. More stuff will come off of it and will snowball off of that. I think that if anyone is having an issue with identifying what makes them feel that way, just take a step back and think about the passions and those, those things that call you to feel a certain way. Right. Like an artist. Uh -huh. An artist can have an idea for a painting, 
but if they sit on their ass all day and never paint, well, it's never gonna, it's never gonna get created. It doesn't exist. But if you spend all night on Pinterest and you're thinking of these different ideas huh? and you're looking at them and you go to bed and you wake up first thing in the morning and you go buy materials and start working on a project, huh? A, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for anybody else. Right. You're doing it purely for the self. It's something that fulfills you in a way that nobody else will understand but you. We won't understand why you do certain things. But you know, to get intangible, deep in your heart, your spirit, your soul, whatever, that certain things make you feel right. For me, uh-huh. I know that listening to others, having an exchange of opinion and story and learning about them in that way makes me feel right. Fulfills me in a way that when I wasn't doing that, uh-huh. or better yet, when I was ignoring that call, uh-huh. it made me feel like shit. Give me a, all right, you just said right now, listening to other stories makes you feel like you, right? Yes. Can you put a word to that? For example, like, uh, you could say that someone who, I don't know, go volunteer somewhere is compassionate. Something like that. Poor example, but put a word to what you're describing. It might be empathy. Okay. You're empathetic. Okay. And I want to be an empathetic person. Perfect. So this is what I'm getting at. A lot of times when we want to be someone or want to be something those things that I truly truly want this the fact is you already are to want something implies that you don't have it usually if you want something that bad it's pretty much your own body your own feelings your own soul and spirit telling you no dude you are like this so uh, uh, exercise that I learned about recently I can't remember where I read it Um, it talks about if you want to be this certain type of person I want to be empathetic okay go ahead and remember a time that you were empathetic Greg for instance could think of a time he was hearing to someone's story and he felt like his most self. Focus on, focus on that. Think about that. And you think about that instance and instead of saying, I want to be empathetic, you say, well, shit, no, I, I remember that. I was there. I felt, this is what I felt. You can't ignore what you feel. No, you can't. And then you realize, well, dang, I am empathetic. You think, is there anybody out there that wants to be a shitbag? I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Do they feel right about it? That's on them. You know what I mean? Well, that's a totally different story, too. It could be sociopathic. No, seriously, I mean, that's kind of like the definition of that along some lines. And some people actively identify as a sociopath. We're not talking about that. We're those people. That's another podcast. (laughs) We're talking about us and how we think we've gotten a better grasp on our self-identity. A lot of it is trial and error. Most of it is actively being aware of our own emotions, our own feelings, Uh and then not discounting who we were. And not being afraid to rebrand yourself when you just get that calling. Sometimes you just have to shave your beard out of nowhere one day, no matter what someone's reaction might be to it. Hmm. If I, I, I want to rebrand myself with a different font. Okay. 
what kind of font would I be? I've always liked Times New Roman. I know that's pretty, you know, it's standard. I know, I know, but it just, I don't like the fonts that are just like, you know, it's just the single letter. Times New Roman adds the little spikes at the end. Sans serif. There you go, yeah, whatever it is. That's a serif that hangs off of a letter. No, I like the the little minute additions that add to the Times New Roman. They're like, ah, that's some fine looking print right there. You're a serif kind of guy. Yeah. I, I can go both ways. You want to you wanna <laughs> trim the edges, I want to add some edges. <laughs> I think there's an occasion for serifs, and there are other occasions for sans serif. This is true. This is true. You know, we can't all be Ikea. What do they do? They're very sans serif. You haven't ever been to Ikea? Oh, God. I want to go. We'll go when San Antonio opens up an Ikea, but not of its past 281 and... 1604. That's exactly where it's passed. Well, then I'm not going. Okay, the we might as well go visit the one in Houston. Oh, let's just go to the one in Austin so we can go to Austin. I don't know if I'm allowed to go to Austin anymore. Oh. So anyways. <laughs> there is self-identity and branding. Okay. Self-identity is figuring out all this stuff and doing it constantly, actively, and not worrying about if you're happy. No. Branding is, again, that alignment of self-identity with the outward perception that you are portraying or that is just perceived by others because you do what you do. Now, for me, as somebody who involves himself in branding, and another thing about that is a brand is a story. We are all telling our stories through living. And so self-identity is the first step to kind of really figuring out not just what your brand is, but being true to your brand. If you're going to go ahead and self-identify in one way or another, you can go against that. If you internally self-identify as homosexual or pansexual or heterosexual, yet you outwardly go against that, you're off-brand. And you're not going to feel good about it. No. Your brand, as an actor, as a performer, as a comedian, can be perceived a certain way. You take... Uh, who's, who's somebody who's really against the grain? Somebody who's... It really used to be somebody like Russell Brand. Yeah. Or his... <laughs> his brand was... <laughs> that was way too fucking easy. His brand was abrasive, honest, almost to the point of detriment. And then, if you notice, in the more recent years, he's come into this way of being that's about wholesomeness, not just holistic health, but holistic thinking. He's not apolitical, but he's not fully a political force now. But he's outspoken for mostly what somebody would call good. Right. Now, that is a good case of your brand conflicting with your self-identity. And eventually, it's going to fuck up your self-identity to the point where you're not going to know who you are. It could cause you to do things that you never thought you would ever do. And whether that's going to concretely form your self-identity if that happens for too long, well, I'd argue that's where a lot of conflict internally comes from. 
okay, substance abuse problems, fighting against something in ourselves, and so we diminish that feeling with outside substances. For me in drinking, there was a lot that I didn't want to confront in my life, in myself. Drinking was one of the easy ways to compress that. Was I off brand? I think at that time I was very on brand, <laughs> but that's because it leveled out with the perception that others had of me. Uh -huh. Oh, here comes Greg at a party. That's true. We did have that perception of him, by the way. So I actively going against what I felt in myself was allowing the brand to take over my life. And there's those reactions like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, I've seen, I've seen it happen to Greg too, you know, where he'll tell people, oh, I'm not drinking anymore. Oh, really? Oh. And it's almost like they're, they're shook, you know, uh, something, something turned or said their world got teeter-tottered somehow because of your own change in your own life. And that's why self-identity comes first. Branding could very possibly be boiled down to what others fucking think about you. But it's actually more than that. If you live into what you're branded as, that can be negative. What I try to say now, in talking about that earlier, is you get me when you look at my social media. Yeah. You get me uh -huh. when I go into a business meeting. Uh -huh. You get me when I walk out into the street and interact with other people. Right. That is me. Yes. That is my self-identity and my brand for once in my life. Uh -huh. acting in conjunction to the point where I feel the most content I've ever felt uh -huh. and then happiness as fleeting as it can be is recognized I think everyone should try and practice that with their job with their work for instance I, I'm in a field where I'm working with patients every day and I will say for the most part the way I act with Greg my family my my parents everybody is the way that I choose to act with my patients. Now, of course, there's some lines to draw professionally, but I found that when I'm just being myself with these people and doing my job to the best of my capabilities, it goes much smoother than when I try to put on a front or be something else. My dad, whenever I'm about to do something that is performance-based, whether it's a meeting, some form of stand-up or like on stage storytelling, anything like that. I still get nervous and I call him and he says, just be yourself. You know what I like when you, when you be yourself in situations like that? It's almost like you get this feeling that it's like you black out. And when it's over and you look back at it, you know, say it went really well and you felt good, you felt like yourself, you realize I didn't have to try to be myself at all. It kind of just happened. It kind of just came out. What prevents us from being ourselves, I think, is these walls that we put up against our self-identity that doesn't allow it to actually flow through. And I think that we've, we've talked about this so many times, not to beat a dead stick with a horse, but <laughs> outside opinion can shake that. Absolutely. But when you are actually being true to yourself, owning that self-identity, making sure that it aligns with your outside perceptions that others have of you, that's when it really doesn't matter what they think. When 
yes, somebody could have a negative opinion of what you've done or what you said or how you appear, but that's when there's a, that, that true feeling of, I don't care. Not in, the, not in that negative, I'm reckless about what I'm doing, uh-huh. but there's that feeling of things are right and aligned in me, and so their opinion doesn't matter to me in a way that is going to change me. You know, I think it. I think we should be uh, active in trying to not, not that it's wrong, but not trying to go into the I don't care route. But I do think that we should be active in looking at that opinion, not judging it, not taking it for anything, seeing it, and then either realizing, you know, what? Shit, I am kind of doing this. But more importantly, if it isn't who you are, don't say I don't care. Say, you know what? That's not me. And then it it just dies completely. It's gone. That's not me. All right. Put it up on a shelf. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. So, that's a lot of information. And for those of you that are struggling with these kind of things, it may seem daunting, rebranding, changing your identity, looking back into your identity, but I, I promise that it's not as hard as it seems because that self, who you are, who you were made to be, it's already there. And you know what? We're going to get more specific this season with certain topics that... Believe it or not, in a lot of different ways are going to branch off from what we talked about today. It's not always going to be the same. There's a yeah. lot of different kind of shit we want to talk about. But if we're not true to ourselves, if we don't have that certain stake in our self-identity, then there's no way we're going to be able to keep doing what we're doing. Not at all. One thing Greg told me earlier when we were talking about doing this podcast is if someone has a topic that they feel is worth talking about we can talk about it and we promise we're going to be as vulnerable as we have to be and need to be in order to truly talk about those topics because otherwise we'd be off brand yeah seriously <laughs> well, all right everybody I want to thank you to kenny's kombucha warehouse kenny's mm. it's good kombucha y'all yeah. It's good kombucha. 0.4%. Uh, <laughs> All right, everyone. Till next time. Uh, a little preview? A little preview? Well, next time we are going to get into prescription medications. Yes. And we're not talking a certain type of prescription medication. We're talking about all of them. It's not an episode on abuse of medications, the opioid crisis necessarily. No. It's talking about how we have began to rely on medications prescribed to us in so many different ways that in a lot of different ways for one it fucks up our self-identity right and two it's this thought of us accepting what is told without us changing ourselves in any way Uh, that being said if any of you guys out there have any topic points or their own stories about their situations or their experiences with prescription medications whatever kind i don't care what the prescription is please feel free to share yeah this is an open invitation not just for this topic but for all the topics that you want to go ahead and share with us ideas come enjoy it in the wild bunch because it's not just us two we're all fucking wild